Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. You want it? We got you. Shaka Smart has left Texas, is taking the Marquette job. We're going to break that down, talk Texas' opening, its candidates, and there's a couple other things with the coaching carousel that have been bubbling behind the scenes in the past couple of days. We touch on that at the end of this episode. Emergency podcast, sirens, go. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Friday, March 26, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss... Camel fighting, Dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and there was big breaking news earlier today on the coaching carousel. Shaka Smart has left Texas to become the next head coach at Marquette. Deadleg, your thoughts? Quit it now! I think that might be an actual quote when Shaka was... Okay, so I got a source telling me that Shaka was talking with Marquette's administration about being this new this new coach here and they were on a call and they were trying to offer terms and they said here's what we got Shaka and he said now I don't know if that's exactly what he said but it seems like that might be the actual case here any excuse to give a little that's right okay this is okay so GP congrats you confirmed the news shortly after broke this this feels like let's just talk about how this all played out this feels like it happened real fast I had one call Thursday night that said hey I don't know how real it is but you know Shaka Marquette feels like they're you know just this keep an eye didn't get any sense that this was going down Friday morning but it it, it damn well went down and uh, he was always, I think, loosely connected if there was going to be a change there. But to me, this was uh, this was real quick. When the Marquette job opened after it removed the school, Steve Wojciechowski, after seven seasons, literally the first thing I did was text somebody, you know, who, who works in this world and said, how um, easy or difficult would it be to bounce Shaka to Marquette if he were willing to bounce to Marquette? And the response I got within seconds was, there's always a good market for Shaka. And so I I, I, I don't want to say I definitively knew he was going to be Marquette's next head coach then. If so, I would have said it. But I knew he was in play. And, yeah, once it started coming together, it, it, it came together pr- pretty quickly. And I think you and I would both agree, uh, in the spirit of career longevity, this is just smart. It's just the smart thing to do. When I tweeted the news on Friday morning, immediately on, um, uh, you know, you had some people, you know, college basketball fans, presumably, or just sports fans in general, uh, replying with, what, what? Why would the Texas coach go to Marquette? Why would Shaka Smart leave Texas to go coach at Marquette? And I guess on a very surface level, if you don't, understand that the the circumstances and the context of the situation then then maybe that would make some sense uh, especially considering Shaka did turn down the Marquette job in 2014 then a year later took the Texas job so that tells you once upon a time what he thought of these jobs in a vacuum he turned down one of them took the other one the next year but nothing is happening right now in, in a vacuum this is not Shaka smart 
um, at VCU as one of the hottest coaching candidates in America trying to pick his next job. This is Shaka Smart coming off of six years at, at Texas with some nice stuff. You know, made three of the five NCAA tournaments, finished top three in the Big 12 each of the past two seasons, but yeah, never won an NCAA tournament game and most recently got upset by Abilene Christian. And so I was told, even after the lost Abilene Christian, like he's safe at Texas. Like they're not going to fire a guy who just won the, the Big 12 tournament, who just had a top 20 Ken Palm team. But undeniably, he was going to enter next season, now that Archie Miller is gone, as the face of the hot seat list. Every hot seat list was going to come with a graphic, of, of a photo of, of Shaka Smart. And so what Shaka is picking between here is not between being the coach at Texas for the next six years or being the coach at Marquette for the next six years. What he is picking between is, do I want to go into year seven with zero NCAA tournament wins and real job pressure? And oh, by the way, every person in my fan base uh, you know, yearning for, for Chris Beard, or can I go get a fresh start at a really good job in, you know, one of the best leagues in the country in a major metropolitan city, you know, at a program that is going to pay me uh, uh, comparably, if, if not better. And, and in a program that's got real tradition in history, you know, they, they've got multiple coaches who have taken them to a final four. And so when you line those two things up, get a fresh start, fresh expectations, a fresh fan base that is happy to have you as opposed to another fan base that is ready to see you go. Uh, you know, I, I made it a, a point a long time ago to never tell people what to do with their careers. So I'm not going to say this is what Shaka had to do, but based on everything I just explained, I do think this was the smart thing to do. And to put it in a nutshell, to use one of your other maxims that you've uh, written about and talked about in the podcast over the years, Smart had essentially reached a point where, you know, 90 to 95% of coaches can't wiggle out of this. It doesn't, it, it doesn't always, always go this way, but almost always it goes this way. He had, he had hit a stage where once you get onto the hot seat, working yourself off it is extremely hard to do. And so in doing this at Marquette, it is the most advisable career move. There, there, there's no question. And, you know, for, for Marquette fans who are passionate, you know, perhaps to a level that Texas basketball fans are not because Marquette is the primary sport. I mean, basketball is the primary sport on the Marquette campus as opposed to football at Texas. Do you get the sense they're excited about this? Do they, uh, are they happy they're hiring Shaka Smart or are they wondering why we just fired a coach who couldn't have NCAA tournament success to hire another coach who hasn't won an NCAA tournament game since he was at VCU. Yeah, it's a good point. In fact, Shaka Smart uh, has not made it to the Sweet 16 since that one Final Four run with VCU in general. They, he won first-round games the subsequent two years. It is interesting. Um, and if we'll just circle, let's just circle in on Marquette for a quick second here because I believe if it wasn't Shaka Smart, it was going to be Porter Moser. I had a column go up on Thursday, which actually kind of led to the tip I had about uh, about Shaka just saying, uh, you know, read your column just so you're aware. Like, just keep keep an eye on that deal. So Porter Moser, weirdly, like he's still in this tournament, and now he, he's off the uh, the Marquette board. I think I think he would have been just as good of a fit and and just as eager to to potentially take Marquette as, as Shaka there. Are the fans happy? I haven't gauged the reaction here. I mean, we had HQ. I had to hustle back to the hotel. Uh, been busy, so I haven't. I actually haven't even seen or had a chance to take in the collective response there. If you're a Marquette fan, I think you should be. I mean, Shaka Smart, big picture, has he been 
as successful as his reputation would suggest? I think it's fair to say the answer to that is no, because there hasn't been the NCAA tournament success. And he didn't win a game at Texas. He never won a game in the big dance when he was with the Longhorns there. But... He's back at a basketball-first institution in a basketball-first conference uh, in a spot in a part of the country that he knows quite well, having grown up in in that state. And if you're a Marquette, there's reason to have some optimism and excitement. If you want to have some reservations about this, I think that is fair. But big picture, if you're Marquette, you were going to get a coach of renown, and you wound up getting that uh, done here with Shaka Smart. I'll be interested to see how he does in that league. Uh, I do. I, I kind of really like the fit, Parrish. Like I, had, I, was, I wouldn't say he was the wrong fit at Texas. He just didn't achieve there to the level that people would have hoped. But I do think that he's going to last longer at Marquette than he did at UT. I would assume so as well. And if I were a Marquette fan, I'd be thrilled with this. Absolutely thrilled. Like, I know... Some of the shine has come off of Shaka Smart over the past six years. I get it. I still think he's good. I still think if you're Marquette, here's what you just hired. A 43-year-old former Final Four coach who has made eight of the past ten NCAA tournaments. Now, did he win a tournament game at Texas? No. That's a, that's a big bullet point, and that's part of the reason we're here right now. You know, if they don't turn it over 23 times – uh, against Abilene Christian and allow Abilene Christian to get 27 more shots than them in the first round of the NCAA tournament, Texas probably wins that game, definitely wins that game. And then, you know, is maybe in the Sweet 16 right now, and we're not even doing this. Like, this really is tied directly to the Abilene Christian upset. Yep. I mean, th there's no getting around that. B because if Shaka were in the Sweet 16 right now, it's possible Marquette wouldn't even wait on him. You know, and if you went to the final, like it just, it is wild <laughs> to think about how people's lives genuinely change based on a, a random first round upset in the NCAA tournament. But, but here we are again, every, a lot of people on Twitter are going to point out the negative zero NCAA tournaments in Texas hasn't been to the sweet 16 since the time he went to the final four. And like, it's all fair. Cause it's all true. I'm not here to argue facts, but like there are other facts and this is a fact 43 year old former final four coach who has been in eight of the past 10 NCAA tournaments and who has um, shown that he can recruit at the highest level of the sport. Um, there's no reason to think he won't be able to get players at Marquette. And when, and, and though the, the Texas thing didn't go perfectly, I do think it's, it's fair and accurate to point out he lost his leading score twice mid season, once to a de facto suspension slash transfer. And the second time to leukemia, and so he went through some bad luck stuff as well. But, but either way, if I'm a Marquette fan right now, uh, not only am I happy, I am looking at my administration and saying, you probably did better than we would have thought you could do here if we were having this conversation, say, six weeks ago or even two weeks ago. Yeah, and that's a big job that just closed, arguably uh... – not argue top three job that's closed. Weirdly enough, now Texas has opened, and now you have two high level jobs that are open there. Chris Beard is the name that's going to be attached to this most dominantly, and I think that's fair. It's f this situation, though. I mean, he's in the league, he's in the state, he is a coach that is regarded as someone who can. It's it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. He can 
some people could see him staying forever at Texas Tech, and and by the time he's done, he has turned that thing into an absolute monster. You know, two decades from now, or. He could go get a huge payday, challenge himself, get to another program. Because he has, like, his road, the road he took to get Texas Check, he's got a, just an incredible backstory about the jobs he had. Like, you want to talk about a guy that really paid his dues? It's Chris Beard. So his perspective on all of this is interesting. It's way too early for any of us to say, here's candidate A, B, C, and D. No, no, no. That's not how Texas works. This is going to be, obviously, a fervently tracked search. Chris Beard needs to be uh, as high of a candidate as anyone. But I don't yet know who else would make ideal sense that is a big name. Uh, I, I do wonder, like, again, this is just off the top of my dome. Like, w- would Texas look around and if Dana Altman beats USC or hell if Andy Anfield beats Oregon, but really Dana Altman because he had more s- sustained success. Like, a Dana Altman to Texas, is he, is you know, would that be something that might be out there? You'll have a guys that had success that made the tournament in the area that have been in the league. Grant McCaslin at North Texas. Paul Mills is currently still coaching Oral Roberts. He could be uh, also a candidate at Oklahoma. We can get to that in a second. Or even like a Kyle Keller at Stephen F. Austin where they've been good. They just haven't been eligible to make the tournament. He's had a really good run there as well. So um, I would assume the, the candidate pool could get somewhat deep, but I do think it probably has to start with Chris Beard for a job that is interesting because it's football first, second, third, fourth, and fifth at the university, but you get plenty of resources. That state is overrun with amazing talent, four-star, five-star every single season, and you're getting like you're getting a new arena GP in a couple of years here. It's just wired for you, particularly when you consider this. We don't know what the next one, two, or three years will mean for Kansas just because of the NCAA stuff. Oklahoma's going to have a reset with its with its head coach there. If if you were to get Beard, then you lose. Then Texas Tech loses its coach, obviously. Bruce Weber, how much longer does he have at K State? Iowa's got a reboot with Altsberger. My point is at Texas, and if you want to shape it to Oklahoma, you can as well. The entry points here, it's it's very fertile ground and. It's just fascinating. we got a lot of noise here on the carousel. And Texas opening, that is a true domino-affecting kind of vacancy for college basketball. I would slightly disagree with you in this sense. You say that um, the first call probably has to be Chris Beard. It definitely 100% has to be Chris Beard. There is nobody else you call until he tells you no three times. And I don't know what what Chris will do, and I'm not sure what he should do. Like I said, I don't tell other people what to do with their careers. Um, the, 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 you know, I could put the top five things I think would matter to me if I were Chris Beard, and they might not be the type five, top five things that actually matter to Chris Beard. Um, but, but I will say I've never got the sense that his plan is to retire in, at Texas Tech. I've never got the sense that his, his plan was to build Texas Tech into the Gonzaga of Texas or whatever. Um, I, I, my belief, and it's just a belief based on conversations I've had, but still, I've never heard this straight from Chris's mouth, was that he wanted to do the Texas Tech job as awesome as he could do it until the big thing came calling for him, whether that was Indiana or down the road, Duke, North Carolina, or down the road, Kansas, or right now, Texas, or even the NBA. Because with Chris Beard... You know, you talk to NBA people, you know, pre-pandemic, back when I was a master of ceremonies, A-10 Media Day, you know, when they would go through practices regularly, I would consistently hear, you know who's really, really, really good? Like, really good? Chris Beard. 
like runs maybe the best practices in college basketball. The attention to detail, the teaching, um, the 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 way he's able to communicate uh, and connect with players. Multiple NBA people came through telling me they were as impressed with him as they are impressed with anybody else. And so I, I've always thought in his future in the next five years is something like Duke, Carolina, Kansas, Texas, Indiana, or NBA. I've never thought I, – I would bet – and I may be wrong. If you follow this podcast, you know, I, I make wrong bets all the time. That's how I end up shipping pizzas across the country. But I, I would I would have bet for a year now that in five years he's not the head coach at Texas Tech. Not sure where he'll be, but obviously with Texas opening up, this is now a very real conversation. And, you know, our, our friend Seth Davis said uh, on Twitter, like he had some advice for Chris Beard, you know, stay right where you are. And and that might that might be the right move. It really might. And then I don't think there's any doubt he could build Texas Tech into something that is sustainable, if only because he is terrific and the type of coach who could do that. But there's no getting around the fact, and it is a fact, the Texas job is a way easier job for te- than Texas Tech. It, it's a you know a, a better job uh, than Texas Tech. And so if this is the place uh, or the time where he decides it, it's time to actually make a move, then I would understand that as well. I guess the bottom line that Chris Beard has some incredible options on his table right now, or at least they'll soon be on his table and then he'll have to make some very hard decisions. And I know how awkward and awful it it would be to leave Texas tech where you are loved, loved and admired to go to an in-league in-state rival like Texas. And it would be hard for him. I, I, I get it. I mean, it would have always people, um, always talked about Brad Stevens going from Butler to Indiana, and that would have been hard. You know, it, it would have been much easier to go Butler NBA than back to Indiana if he ever wanted to do that. But, like, moving in-state is, woo, it, it can be it, – it's a hard thing. But yeah. here's what I would say. If he did it, it'd be a hard thing for three days. And then he'd look up and he'd be exactly where he probably always dreamed of being to begin with. And that's the head coach at the University of Texas. Before I kind of wrap with just a couple quick uh, nuggets on the carousel in general, just if it's not Beard, in your opinion, just a second or third guy. I, I mentioned a couple. I mean, it's it's. I'm with you. Like, if you get Beard, that's the guy that you want to get. But if it doesn't go that way, anyone else that you think just would be worth a real interview that you think could have a chance there? I mean, it, it's been a crazy couple of hours since this broke, so I don't know if you've thought too much about it. We want to get this emergency pot out to our listeners as soon as possible, but anyone else that, that comes to mind, maybe? Well, well, I think, you know, at, at, at Texas is a place where you can actually, you can get somebody else's coach. You know, you don't have to shop mid-major or rising star if you don't want to. I'm not saying you can go get anybody. Like, don't call Jay Wright, but I, I do think you can, I mean, I, I would be interested in, Eric Musselman, uh, you know, yes. I'd, I'd want to see if, if he maybe wanted to come live in Austin mm-hmm. and, and, and be the head coach of the Longhorns. I'd certainly, you know, uh, I'd make that phone call. Um, a name I saw get tossed around a little bit, and this would probably be further down the list, but I don't think it's crazy if you got further down the list. You know, Josh Pastern's pretty hot right now. You know, he, he is from Houston. He, he that, that, again, I wouldn't put him in, in the same Chris Beard, Eric Musselman category, but I'd put him, you know, if I was doing a list of 10 people, Josh Pastor would probably be on there uh, somewhere. So I mean, if Porter Mosier is the hottest thing in the country, I don't know why it wouldn't be at least I, a, I a surface level candidate at Texas. Here's my, here's my, you know, my, my core belief on it is that they won't have to shop for too long. 
I mean, this is still considered one of the great jobs in America. And um, when you were taking over for somebody who didn't win an NCAA tournament game for six years, um, the bar is a little lower than maybe it was when Shaka took the job, which can be advantageous as well. I guess I'd say this. I think Marquette got an incredible hire done earlier today, and I think Texas will, will do the same thing. All right, real quick. Um, yeah, plenty of noise behind the scenes right now with coaching carousel stuff in general. Uh, so I'll just go boom, boom, boom real quick here. Uh, Utah, work, as what I understand, they're kind of waiting to see if New York assist, Knicks assistant Johnny Bryant, who's a Utah alumnus, wants to take the job. Alex Jensen, who is also an NBA assistant, he turned it down. So we wait on that. And if not, you know, I can't, I can't help but wonder if a, if a Craig Smith at Utah State uh, or maybe a BYU Mike, Mark Pope might be involved there. Craig Smith, I also think, would should be high on the list for Oklahoma, which is now open. So, yes, we have two Big 12 jobs open. Lon Kruger retired on Thursday. Uh, I had reported that the, the the anticipated timeline for this was a year from now, but it got bumped up, uh, and then Kruger actually confirmed what I reported, I think, in his press conference Friday. The reason why he did it a year ahead of time, his son got the UNLV job. He's going to move back to Vegas. He wants to watch his son start his head coaching career, and then one of his former assistants died, Lou Hill, at, while, while he was head coach at uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley back in early February, and that kind of sent a shockwave to Kruger because he has always been a guy who's, who was never going to be like, you got to drag me out of the gym. Like He wants to enjoy uh, post-coaching life there. So Oklahoma opens... Um, I would think that, you know, sitting assistant Carlin Hartman should get an interview. But again, some of the similar guys like Grant McCaslin at North Texas, who was an assistant at Baylor and Scott Drew, along with Paul Mills. I mean, if Paul Mills beats Arkansas in the Sweet 16, I mean, forget about it. I would think he's it's it's going to be wild how drastically his, uh, his future could change. I was told not necessarily this person would be a leading candidate, but getting an interview would certainly not be a surprise because the ties there. Kellen Sampson, Houston assistant for Oklahoma. Keep an eye on that. DePaul, I think, is going to probably close by Monday. I think they're trying trying to figure out what's uh, what's getting done with that. Weirdly enough, GP, three New York Knicks assistants, Dwayne Pee- uh, Dwayne the AD at DePaul. He's trying to get Kenny Payne. And then you've got Johnny Bryant and then Mike Woodson, who's been attached to the Indiana, Indiana job. They're all with the Knicks. I was told the Knicks haven't exactly made it easy on those guys. Not that they can't exactly get the jobs, but whatever processes need to go th- need to happen at the pro level, uh, the fact that three guys on the Knicks staff are kind of involved in college jobs has been has been something that's uh, created a little bit of noise there. We wait on Indiana, as I mentioned before. Uh, GP and I actually both had columns this week tied to Indiana. Mine was more of a Porter, Porter Moser column in which I posited that if, if he had the option between Marquette and Indiana, uh, Marquette seemed, would seem to be uh, the better fit, so to speak. That's obviously off the table. We'll see if Indiana's going to charge hard or Texas is going to charge hard. By the way, you know, as, as last I heard, Indiana has not made a pitch to Chris Beard. So that's, I would think that ship has sailed at this point. And then something that's been happening here. Well, just real, real quick okay. on that. Like, yes. um, Indiana, I think, with the right organization and contract – could have maybe lured Chris Beard. Maybe. Uh, not definitely, but, like, he'd have listened. There's no question he would have listened. Now that Texas is open, if he's leaving, he he's not leaving for you. He's leaving for that. So I, I think that's over with now. Uh, I would agree with you on that. And then uh, two more quickies, and I can, I can bail out of here. One, there had been noise about this the past couple of days. Now it's kind of public and out there. Cincinnati has announced that it is conducting an internal investigation uh, regarding John Brandon. He's only been there two years. Um, I, I've been told that the relationship between John Brannon and the AD is not a relationship. They, they don't, it's not the AD who hired him. It's not good. And they might be trying to fire him for cause. Cause otherwise he's got a decent buyout, which by the way, drops $500,000 
on April 1st there. I would think a change at Cincinnati is likely to come. Keep an eye on that. That is a pretty good job. Um, and there's some, you know, there's just some noise whether or not, you know, there might be one or two more jobs that could still open after this. So emergency pod here. Uh, we got tournament stuff to get to over the next four days. So I, you know, barring something absurd, anything's possible, of course. But um, this is only going to continue to get noisier here. This month is insane. I, it just between the game stuff and, and all this other stuff, it's just, it's turned into a, a hell of a carousel here so just keep your eyes and ears peeled because we still got plenty more to get to in the coming days and week or so shouts to devin downey shouts to chester south carolina shouts to terry mf and teagle legend shouts to Lauren now and thank you guys once again for listening to the Iowa college basketball podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime oh boy I didn't, I didn't see this one coming back in nyc by the way good to see you both wearing white undershirts we're rocking a similar look right now yeah, this is my go-to. I, I got I, I, my my luggage is basically you know suits um, and thirty white t-shirts. It's all I wear. X temp Hanes X temp, most comfortable most comfortable white t-shirt you can buy on Amazon. Hanes X temp, Climate Cool. Okay. So they're so soft. I'm telling you, buy buy your pack. Get you, a, you want me to send you one of those, too? S- send me one, and I can't wait for it to arrive at my house in the middle right. of May. All right, I'll send you one, and I'll make sure it arrives before the end of the calendar <laughs> year. If you're not subscribed to the Iron College Basketball Podcast, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. We'll talk to you again real soon. Until then, take care. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.